0: Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of pro- a lot of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. So, uh, welcome back, guys. This is episode 013, also known as 13, and the episode title is called Door-to-Door Cannibals. And it is uh, it is a Chevelle song. It is a song by a band called Chevelle. Um, it they're they're pretty cool, I think. Uh, this song it's it's really cool. It's a it's a very the the line, you'll love. I mean, if you like rock and metal and hard rock and all that kind of stuff, uh, this is off of their twenty sixteen album, The North Corridor. Um, corridor, corridor, yeah, the North Corridor and um the video i'm gonna of course add that video link in the in the post on the website but <clears throat> the video is a little uh could be a little strong disturbing it's, it just shows a mental asylum but you know it looks yeah there's some parts that could be a little frightening so don't play it when your kids are around you know what in general don't play my podcast when your kids are around because <laughs> because i'll be i might be cursing all right so why is this called Door-to-Door Cannibals? Uh, the, well, I don't know why the song is called Door-to-Door Cannibals because I looked at the lyrics and I still couldn't understand. But um, the the episode is called Door-to-Door Cannibals because um, we are going to talk about how to start getting clients. Now, this is a really, really important thing for everyone. And this topic is actually something that I think is worth just this one thing is worth a whole podcast series in itself and it's actually if you think about it capturing leads is pretty much a whole industry in itself so of course i can't cover even you know the tip of the iceberg in one episode but what i can do is give some advice on to people that I think are starting off and really need at least some direction to be pointed into, pointed at, you know, because you know when I'm on, when I'm on a lot of um the the Facebook groups and looking around, people uh, starting off in web design, web development, and offering uh, web websites as a service. A lot of them, I've seen a lot of them ask, "How do I start getting clients?" Because um it's of course you want to get paid you want to you want to get paid clients paying clients right so yeah it's a it's a really important thing so let's let's start talking about it right now this is just a basic first step kind of approach it can never be of course you know i'm not going to try to explain everything that i can about lead capturing or anything it's that lead capturing isn't even my thing so you know um this is just what i think is a great way to start for um anyone now let's right let's say you're a freelancer you're you're a freelancer that just started freelancing i think it could be one of two things all right whether it's a side gig or whether it's a full-time thing you started freelancing you you thought all right i'm gonna start freelancing okay and maybe it could be a it could be your full-time job or it could not may not be right but let's say you just decided that you're going to start offering freelancing as a job, right? As a service. It's either you have um, professional creative industry experience, like you worked at an agency, you know, and you have, you know what, what to do, right? Or you might have another job and then just uh, start doing this maybe on the side as a freelance thing or maybe you just you, you, you just didn't like your job so you quit said fuck you and you're starting your new job right um which is good right or i mean there's another i guess another approach would be you have no life experiences you're like what 16 or <laughs> i don't know i don't know do you can you can you legally start a business at 16 i i suppose you can right i mean i don't know can can you as an adult not as a minor i don't know um yeah so maybe you don't have any life experiences but still you know that this is what you want to do in the long run so you just want to start off like this now starting off as a freelancer when you have no other experiences no other um, professional experiences uh, i think getting hired by someone could be a better first step but Let's say uh, let's regardless, regardless you you want to start freelancing, right now I think because now we' we're, we're not going to talk too much about people who worked in the creative industry and quit and started their own thing because a lot of times they would probably know how to do this all right but um, the other section of people the the other is was it F- faction, is it right? I don't know, the, the other group of people. That's it, I'll use easy words, fuck that. So <laughs> so the other group of people, uh, because you've worked in some other field, whether it's like, I don't know, for example, hairdressing, uh, real estate, uh, gardening, who knows, right? There's lots of fields you can work in. Um, there's this one guy that I, oh shit, I should have mentioned that. Uh, well, still I still have you, right? Because it's only six minutes in. Um, please leave a leave a comment on uh, iTunes or Spotify or if you have questions uh, leave a comment on the uh, on almost come to the blog come to the podcast post leave comments uh, it really helps me understand w- what what direction I should go or what if I'm going in a good direction or if I'm helping or not you know so just leave a leave hopefully a good comment on iTunes and stuff so yeah all right so anyways Just just wanted to say that. I should have said that right after the introduction. I should have. But anyways, let's get back into this. So because you've worked in some other field, I think the logical first step and the safest first step is to start with your niche. And later on, that niche might be your breadwinner. Who knows? It could be your best Uh, cash cow niche you know now if you if you really really hate your fucking job you hated your fucking job you're like fuck this i'm not doing this ever again and you leave and you just throw everything away like you like that guy did in what's that movie wanted yeah have you read the graphic novel wanted it's totally different from the movie but you know with the movie with um with uh, with young professor xavier and i forgot his i forgot the guy's name um so yeah that that wanted movie with Angelina Jolie and Morgan Freeman. So when when he leaves the office, he just um, uses uses he takes his keyboard, ergonomic keyboard, and just hits his boss in the face or something. No, friend in the face or something. You know. Anyways, uh, if you're like fuck this job, I'm gonna start start something else. Then maybe not. But you might you would most likely have a hobby, right? You'd have a hobby, right? Yeah. So you can start with that. So there's I mean, most people have more than one interest, you know. So uh, or, or at least more than one thing that they're okay in. So I think that's a good place to start. That's a good place to start. Now, um, the reason why I think starting in your niche first or whatever niche you pick that you understand, you understand that niche, that's really important, I think. And the reason why that really works is because if a client hires, wants to hire someone Um, a few things that they could think about is, well, one of the most important things, I guess, is, well, a few things would be like price and whatever, but one of the most important things I think they can think about is how much does this designer actually understand what I want? That is actually a really hard thing for the uh, designer to actually, uh, especially beginner designers to understand. Um, Good designers, because they, check everything out all the time. They look all around for inspirations and they do their research. A lot of the, not a lot, but some time that they charge for are actually part sometimes in research. Like if you need a good brand, you need to research your competitors and see what they're doing, you know? So it's, it's good if a designer understands the client or what the client is thinking or what they want or actually even their business, what their business is. Okay, so, and that's really important it's really important so that I think gives a level of confidence that you can give even though you are a beginner that's a level of confidence that you can give that other designers cannot or most likely cannot and that I think gives you that slight edge that covers up for your inexperience and of course you know because you're just starting off you're gonna of course charge a lot cheaper right (laughs) because you can't charge you know, high rates with your with that experience, right? So of course you're gonna charge cheaper, and you actually understand the industry. Those are your strong points. Okay, so of course you know raising your prices later can be hard. And so some people, I think, wrongly tell beginners, you know, don't undervalue yourself. You can't change your prices later. Fuck off. Like that. Like if you charge too much to client, if you like, let's say for example, you go to some Whatever, some some pretentious dickheads, and ask them how much a website should cost, and they're like one million dollars, two point four million dollars. Come to me, as because I'm the pretentious dickhead, and I charge two point four million dollars. No, no, no. Um, like like realistic numbers. Like let's say they charge like fifteen thousand dollars for a website and you're like oh okay so yeah yeah you go to the client this is like your second or first website and you're like yeah this i heard this is like fifteen thousand dollars in the industry so you pay me that and then yeah you you come up with the pretty shit like non-functioning shit site and you're asking everybody how to fix things and you don't even know what to do and yeah like fuck off don't don't do that if you want to actually make get your hands dirty and make things yourself start from the bottom well start cheap that you know cuz you yeah right you understand that right i hope you do please don't be too pretentious to think oh i'm worth more no you're not probably not most likely not fuck off no no you're not people who have not made websites cannot make websites you got you got to make some websites to know how to make websites so it's that's not how that works anyways so that's why i'm i'm just saying that it would most likely definitely should probably most likely definitely should be cheaper than other people but you also have so you're cheaper and you have a very good knowledge of the industry that actually can give confidence to a lot of clients in your niche as opposed to probably slicker better designers with better websites charge a lot more but they might not understand the industry so it will take a lot more time the client might not even feel that they at uh, objectives are being met. You know that can happen. So um, even just like small nuanced wording, that could happen. So I think that's a very good advantage you can have to start with. So start in your niche. Now I'll give you some. Well, let's start with an example. All right. So um, the agency that I work at over here, I it, we we do a lot of property development. We do a lot of property development websites, and um, it's because our boss knows so much he's very deeply ingrained in the real estate industry he knows a lot about it he knows a lot about property development we've been doing that for a long time so we know pretty much everything the ins and outs of everything that a good property development needs in order to market themselves in order to place themselves um, firmly in the in the region the local market and investors from interstate Investors, you know everything so we know exactly what we need. We know exactly what they need We know exactly what their social media management needs and all that kind of stuff. So we provide everything we are really good at that and <clears throat> That means that other people really When they need something top tier in the in the property development industry, they come to us Alright, so let me get into some points all right i have five points number one to five about why i think using uh, going into your niche to start with can help you uh, start getting clients all right and the reason why this episode is called door-to-door cannibals is because don't go door-to-door that's i think that's really stupid some people might say oh yeah just just go to your um, local commerce whatever like you know regional commerce index or whatever start knocking on people's doors you got to get out there you know boots on the ground not boots on the ground that's for soldiers what is it pick yourself up by the bootstrap i don't know what they say but those people can fuck off that's that's not how that works anymore think about this think about this i get i get a lot of emails asking me if i if i want my social media managed and they, 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 it's an agency, and like we'll get influencers to give you a shout out, if, or whatever. Um, we can, we can uh, manage your social media. Uh, we can help your SEO. What happens? What do you do when you get those calls or emails? I'm waiting. What do you do? You put them in the fucking spam, right? There's fucking junk. That's Spam email that you put them in the spam folder fuck off no right now if you want to hire someone to manage your social media you go find someone you don't trust those emails cold calls cold emails the success rate is so low that it's pretty much useless it's pretty much useless so stop with that shit that might have worked a long time ago, if you're a boomer and you just put on a tie, you walk around with a with a business card and a firm handshake, and like fuck off. We we don't live in that age anymore. All right, so that's not gonna work. All right, if somebody says like, oh yeah, you gotta go go knock on doors and go all go to all the businesses, drop your business cards. Okay, boomer, fuck off. Right, that's becoming a meme now. Okay, boomer. This lady in New Zealand <laughs> was talking about talking about um the global uh like climate change and stuff and someone was complaining and she said okay boomer (laughs) (laughs) and she didn't that she didn't she didn't even you know it didn't even interrupt her she just said that and just moved on it was it, it, it made it made the rounds on the internet that was really funny um anyways if you if you're older if you're like a few decades older than me then that's what some people think of you so don't act like that all right anyways so um here are five reasons why i think uh, it's good to start. Oh yeah, that's that's why it's called door to door cannibals because it's it's useless. You go to door to door, you get eaten alive. How do, how about that? Yeah, that makes sense. If you look at if you watch the music video, that's probably not what that means. It's probably like um, all the crazy people in each uh, hospital room or whatever. But anyway, yeah, anyway. So if you go door to door, you'll be eaten alive. That's why this episode is called door to door cannibals. And don't do that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna start in your niche. Why is it better to start in your niche? Number one you can make suggestions and propose ideas that even the client might miss. And you can do that because you know exactly what that industry entails. Okay. For example, now, like I said, I'm going to go into a lot of WooCommerce later on, uh, because, oh man, oh fucking shit. Fuck WooCommerce websites were my thing for a few years. And like, I was in high demand in Korea. I was like the, the guy in Korea for comp- complex woocommerce websites um, at one of the largest WordPress agencies in Korea and it I fucking hated that gig. I hated that shit. I so hated that shit and <laughs> like oh they can fuck off anyways so <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. Anyways, so yeah I've seen I've seen few really important things that are industry specific and you can't find those plugins you know those specific plugins but they're important and if you actually realize that sometimes because what what could happen is because um a client might have an idea oh yeah like i'm a florist i want to make this website you want to put up flowers yeah and that's it so you quote let's say you quote a number uh, we'll go with two let's say you quote two right and I, I don't know whatever whatever currency unit you use just how much is it two two of what two right? so I'll say you quote two and what will happen is of course especially with e-commerce there's gonna be a lot of scope creep people are gonna remember oh yeah this oh yeah this oh that right because they are people who actually own their own shops, they have a way of doing business, they understand the market, they know what they need. But if they, if you start with a website, if you start talking about it, they, it takes them a while to conceptualize what is needed in that website. And once they start clicking things, they'll realize, oh, if I were a client, then I would do this, oh, maybe I would need this, and then it becomes something important. Like for example, if you're a florist, not if you're a florist, but if you have a florist, Client, one of the most important things that I found is um, they need a a card. Yeah, they need a card uh, message. Like, like a, a client, a customer. Sorry, a customer would write a message for the person receiving the flowers. Like, sorry, or I love you, or fuck off, or you know, depending on what flower it is to who right? Like if they have bee allergies or I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen uh, My Girl with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Macaulay Culkin died from bees. Spoiler. It's been 30 years. Anyways, that movie. I don't know. Something like that. So and another thing is that um, the the billing address and the shipping address are almost 100% going to be different so that's another really important thing that you should know if you came from the florist industry so when you're talking to them you can mention that and you can actually get a more detailed more precise quote and if you start mentioning things that they might not have thought of or they were thinking but then you mentioned like yeah that's right all right yeah then if you do that they will trust you more and that level of trust and confidence that they had because you're from that industry goes sky high. All right, they cannot go to any other agency or freelancer or whoever. They can't go with any other designer or developer because they know this person knows what I want. Okay, for example, here's another one. Um, this guy did um, wholesale contact lenses. Uh, I'm gonna mention these guys again uh, because they were nightmare. <laughs> this guy, well, actually, this guy was not too much of a nightmare, but still, this one feature just really just killed me. It took me a few days to get this sorted. Um, and I'm going to mention this again later in the WooCommerce thing, but if this guy was a wholesaler for contact lenses, and what he needed was people to be able to order the right eye uh, lens power and the left eye lens power separately. and that will have to be one purchase right and and you can't just go in and the thing is like you can't they he he didn't want people to purchase them separately he wanted them to purchase uh them as a package together because people have two eyes i don't know most people right so that's what he needed i i I forgot the exact details but yeah that that's basically what he wanted he wanted people to be able to choose because, you know, like, let's say you're buying um, Bosch and Loam Sequence. Is that it? Is that what we use? Or AccuView, right? Let's say you're selling... Oh yeah, AccuView. Johnson & Johnson, AccuView, right? Let's say you're selling that. Then you have this new AccuView that came out. Like, AccuView Moist. <laughs> that sounds so fucking dirty. <laughs> Moist sounds really damp and... Yeah, anyways. So... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so. I'd say you have AccuView Moist, don't put those in your eyes. But if you're buying AccuView Moist and you want to get that in the right eye would be in negative four and the left eye would be in negative 3.5. So you'll have to order both of them in a package. You can't, he doesn't want people to come in, order a four and then go back out of the cart and then go back and order negative 3.5 and then have them in the cart. You know, he wants to put them all in together because that's how you sell them together. And he added this other website. Um, he saw this other website that did that. It's like, I need that. It's like, how? I don't know. Just have that. Right? So that kind of stuff. Like if you're selling something, whatever industry you're in, you will have some idiosyncrasies that come with that industry. And only you can understand that. There are not many d- designers out there that can understand that. So that is a huge advantage. That's why I think it's a great idea to start in your industry or an industry you like or know, right? Number two, you can also offer packages. Like if you're a designer, you can even offer packages like, um, I don't know, uh, if you're a florist, you can offer packages for uh, custom design cards, like sorry, cards. sorry, I messed up. Or you know, or I don't know. You can send flowers if you messed up, right? I I think that I hope that works. Um, I love you because I messed up card, or um, I hate you because I messed up card. You know, like a package of cards. You know, you can do that, or um, you can also offer logos. If you know the industry, you know what kind of logos work. Of course, a lot quicker than. designers who have to actually do the research, you know? So yeah, that can also work, like you can offer packages. So that's another thing. Um, Let's see, number, yeah, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like you can actually uh, uh, upsell really well. That's what I mean, you can upsell things. Uh, Okay, so number three, you know the SEO ins and outs. Now this is actually something that I think is really big that a lot of people might not realize. If you are in the industry, you actually know what terms people, your ideal client or the client's ideal customers, I guess that would be a proper, that would be better. A client's ideal customers would search like in their neighborhood, what kind of words they would search SEO terms and getting, uh, hitting, hitting the, 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 what is it the search terms in getting getting those search terms in your in your um, websites that's actually something that most people even even SEO experts might not have the insight for you know like because sometimes it might and also when you do social media marketing you can market to people that might seem unrelated but actually is something that's uh, common factor or easily found common factor between your customers for example like if you're selling luxury homes people don't put uh, some some people who buy million dollar homes might not most likely will not say that they are interested in million dollar homes on their Facebook you don't put that in your interests all however you might put yacht yachting not yachting, (laughs) yachting it's called yachting yacht uh you might put yacht yachting in your um in your interests because that is an interest that is a hobby that a lot of hopefully a lot of people who buy million dollar homes will share nobody's puts million dollar homes in their interest you know so there are things that only you in your industry will know as opposed to other people who have to either do the research or might not even realize okay so that gives you a be- very big advantage as well so think about that because seo is really fucking important right so and, and also social media marketing and targeting targeting and all that kind of shit right all right next um number four you know some people now knowing people Gives you really really valuable networking and we all know that and you thought you might have thought that 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 was the first and only reason that I had right but this is a this is I think something it's not just having a few friends vouching for you this is actually beyond that because what happens is let's say for example your friend a is trying to suggest your services uh, recommend your services to this person b and this person b let's say a tells this person b hey i heard this pk my friend pk does some mad wicked websites dude you can you should go check him out and the guy's like oh that sounds great how do i check him out and a will say oh yeah his website is almost inevitable.com just write uh just send him an email at pk at almost and and he'll he'll reply, you know? So just get start talking to him and it'll help. It'll, it'll he'll sort it out for you. And the guy's like, "Okay, cool." And nothing work. And it's not he's never getting getting back to me because he's not going to remember inevitable.com. Almost nobody can remember any domains. And then later on you're not sure if it's a .com or if it's a .com.au. You're going to put it into Google and then how are they going to find you? It's 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 not going to work. But if that person knows you personally, then what he can do is, oh yeah, I can send you his contact details and then send the text message right there, you know, or say like my friend PK having saying that saying the name actually starts off, starts you off on a really good foot as opposed to, oh, hey, this agency called Almost Inevitable Design, you know, that's compared to that, the name PK, I know this guy PK sounds a lot better and the person who is going to contact you even if you quote regular prices will feel like they are getting taken care of not only because they know this person in between but also because they understand that you know the the industry you know so there's there's a lot more to be desired Not that's not right there's a lot more that you can get not to be desired that means you're lacking something there's a lot more you can get from this kind of networking. It's not just knowing people. It's not just passing out business cards. It's actually no, it's actually having a rapport with the people who will help you uh, find new clients. And number five, this, this brings us to number five. Like number five is those fields, whichever field that you started in, have secondary and tertiary fields that you can branch off into. For example, um, like I said, our agency does um, property development, which means we know a lot of builders in the area. So we do builders' websites. And of course, builders know all the other trader, traders and industries in the area, right? So electricians, people who sell light bulbs, people who sell flooring, tiles, Who do bathroom renovations who do um, uh, what else is there that that can be roofing you know all those kind of people they in the end somehow you know get recommended or if they if they're like oh how do I do this and then they come to you like even even to the point that some people like some trainers who train the people who do personal training for the people at a company they're looking for a website they suggest you. You know, so that happens so that you have a lot of secondary and tertiary fields that you can actually branch off into. And that gives you your diversity later on. But you can do that because you have a strong footing in your niche. Okay, so I think that that's that's how you can approach it. That's a good first start. Like, for example, um, whatever it is, whatever industry you're in now. Now, one thing that (laughs) now. Try to try to take this in a very practical way, okay? Like if you are, for example, a teacher, all right? I don't, I don't know if you are, I don't know if there's a teacher that's listening, but, and wanting to start a freelance business. If you are a teacher, for example, it's, it's hard to get a school website done. But, so, yes, yeah, so it's not a good idea to approach the principals and say, hey, yo, you want me to make the school a new website? Because that is so much red tape, so much documents, so much paperwork that it's just not gonna get done. You're not, and also if you quote, it's not only so much work, if you quote it, it's not, so the budgeting is gonna be a problem and it's gonna be really hard. So then you're gonna be like, well, this niche didn't work. Fuck you pk no that's not a practical approach that's not a practical niche think about your hobby then you know don't do that go to something else and once you get that hobby done maybe you'll have enough of your portfolio or enough experience to go through the school and have the paperwork of half a year paperwork while you're doing your hobby niches you know let's say um this is one one listener said him said um he he oh yeah this guy's really cool he's off I don't know if I can reveal like personal information but I'll just yeah you know who you are when I say this he's off scuba diving I think yeah scuba diving I, and and that really just um just popped out because my wife scuba dives and I love snorkeling because I can't swim or hold my breath well <laughs> but yeah um so yeah if you're scuba diving now this guy who scuba dives he's not a teacher he does something else really cool but um anyways if you if you're he has a hobby scuba diving so of course he can start with um making websites for scuba diving instructors now don't go all the way and start making like um, woocommerce websites all all of a sudden but you know just start with small things there's a lot of people and and this is one thing that i found a lot of people want their own personal website like like they would have a business card you know and it's it feels really cool if you have a website in your name like myname.com you know so it's something that you can like whatever industry or whatever hobby you have there are people who would benefit from having their personal brand that is something that you can think about okay so try to find something like that and start approaching that as your niche that will definitely get you started don't charge too much don't go crazy with quotes or thing or or whatever but at least you have something to start with okay and i think that's a that's a very good first approach to to whatever you're going to do and i hope this really helps it might get your it might get your ball rolling might give you some ideas you know you might you know so i really hope this helps okay all right now I've already recorded this before but I didn't like what I recorded so I'm recording this again and like last time I there might be a voice change a voice tonal change but we're gonna mask that with some rock music okay (laughs) all right so I will see you when we talk about news and articles okay all right see you there bye-bye no I I shouldn't say bye-bye because we're not ending this episode i'll see you in news and articles music okay news and articles so this first article is from late october so it's right before halloween like i said most of the stuff that i'm doing it's not like cutting edge Breaking news, but you know, just like things that are happening in like the past month or two, so yeah. Anyways, uh, freelance design, okay, so it's from fastcompany.com. Fast Company has a lot of interesting articles. This one is titled What Life Is Really Like for Freelance Designers in Five Numbers. So they did um, a huge survey on 99 designs. Now, if you haven't heard of nine, sorry, if you haven't heard of ninety-nine designs, it is something like Upwork or Fiverr, and it's just you know it's just another company like that. I think they do um, competitions. That's how I remember that competitions, or I think that's it, right? Isn't it? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I. I yeah we can talk about those services in some other episode but i don't know it's not it's not my cup of tea i i I understand that there's a specific market for that and there are people who make good money off of that working there and it suits them but i don't know i don't know if it will suit me i don't know we'll see not we'll see it doesn't Anyway, so in 99designs, they did a huge survey. It's not just, but you know, there are, there are a lot of freelance designers there. So um, it's not just 99designs. Technically, it, they did survey a lot of other freelance designers, but most of them would probably be working uh, in, in some connection to 99designs. Uh, first, there are a couple things here that they talk about. Uh, most freelance designers are guys, but not in the US. It says dudes here, but not in the US. 68% of them identify as male. It's, it's a majority. Um, but in North America, 51% are women. Ah, nice. All right, next. Uh, designers are educated, but perhaps too educated. You can see the numbers here, but uh, they have some kind of degree. However, uh, only 15% of them actually said that a formal design education was necessary to their career. That is really low. And the other 85%, I think the math is right, the other 85%, I guess, don't really care. And that's actually true. Even my boss, when he hires people, he's like, I don't care what what you studied at school. All I care about is what you can actually do, you know? So, yeah. It's um, it's not actually about because you know it's a it's a very practical field. You know, it's really hands-on, practical. So I suppose that's important. So another thing is that's why if you are starting off, then don't worry about not having a formal education. I don't. Remember, I studied fucking physics and and accounting, <laughs> and I am I am not fucking doing that. All right, next. Uh, there's a couple more things. Uh, we can go through them real quickly. A vast majority of freelancers learn on YouTube. Yay! I also have, and they also, uh, a lot of them learn uh, online. There's another thing. They learn online. They learn through stuff like Udemy or almostinevitable.com. Some of them, some people, they do. Yep. Uh, yeah, so online classes, um, like eight, 18, no, wait, no. Yeah, a lot of people do that. All right. Let's go to the next one. A lot of freelance designers are working parents. Yep, yep. I have a daughter, so I'm a parent. <laughs> uh, and most freelance designers are treating it as a job. Of course, it's a job. What that means is it might not be all. It might not also be a. Might not always be a side gig. Is what they're trying to say. Okay. So have a look at this. Um, uh, this article it has all the numbers there. It's it's fun to read through. And let's go to the next one. All right, this is on dribble with three b's. That's how you spell dribble with three b's. Dribble, dribble, G- d r i b b b l e. Yeah. When I first wanted to go to dribble.com, I always spelled it. I spelled it with two b's, and I was like, "What? This is not it." Yeah, three b's. Um, so uh, the title is "10 Unexpected Ways to Spark Creativity When You Feel Uninspired." Ooh. So besides these unexpected ways to spark creativity this page has a lot of really cool illustrations and stuff so it's worth having a look it just looks good it looks really nice the website Uh, but yeah so let's look at some ideas take a shower Mm, do mundane tasks people watch people watch means you know just sit there and look at people like a creep but don't try to be creepy but if you look at a lot of people, it actually um, can spark some ideas because you know if you, because you know like designers notice a lot of things. They're very visual, so you might see things and you might think of characters. Yeah, so there's a lot of things you can think about. This guy uh, says I visualize them in a cartoon world. You know that's really nice. All right, next uh, take a nap. Yep, you can do that. I don't know if it helps, but take a nap. <laughs> uh, zoom out. Zoom out. So you zoom out and you can actually see, uh, if you th- see your work in a small size, you can maybe discover new patterns, is what this guy says, which makes sense, yeah. Riff off your of your old work. Yeah, Tr- use that as inspiration, your old work, and then so- change it up. Immer- immerse yourself in another world. Immerse yourself in another world, like playing video games. That's a good excuse. Yeah, and so if like, you're playing video games and your friend or um, wife is like what What are you doing like I'm trying to get more creative honey just wait I'll get creative I promise <laughs> uh, number eight is like deftones get in the car and drive uh, number nine try cooking a new recipe what number ten make something ugly now it does not mean make something that is pretty into something that is ugly. It's just saying start with something ugly. It doesn't really matter, but then you will see that there is a bad idea or concept and you can l- think of how to make it work because at least you need to start somewhere, I think. I think that's what the idea. So yeah, these are really good ideas. Just come here, look at the website. It's actually a beautiful website, so check it out and um, you know read their comments and, and, and get, get some ideas to get inspired okay let's go to the next one this one i really thought was a very very funny and interesting article uh this is from creative block it came out a few days ago uh, november 9th 8th yep so the title on title is adobe's inconsistent icons are driving designers nuts okay so have you seen the icons for the adobe apps on your desktop playstation used to have square or um, sharp corners adobe xd does not have sharp corners it has rounded corners why is that yeah what the fuck, right but now PlayStation also has round corners. What? Fuck you, right? Now, this guy, Steven Nielsen, uh, I think he is, it says over here, he he leads the Photoshop product management team at Adobe. And he says, a lot of questions about this, so let me clarify. Adobe apps get rounded corners when they become multi-device and cloud aware. It is not a mistake that Photoshop 2020 suddenly has rounded corners. But AI and ID do not. Illustrator and inside, do not. Huh, yes, because Photoshop is now on the iPad. Ooh, it's a piece of shit, but it's on the iPad still. I would suggest um, getting Affinity Photo. And they actually ran a 50% off sale just because of that, I think. Anyways. So yeah, Adobe is, um, they they have a reason for their um, bullshit. So good for them. Fuck you, Adobe. Next, (laughs) see, that's the the whole point of the article, just to say, fuck you, Adobe. Uh, (laughs) So I'll explain why I just said that. All right, now, if we go to Mashable.com, and that, so this is four articles, but two are just about Adobe and how they can fuck off. Uh, so <laughs> now, now I know some of you love Adobe, like Aaron. I know you love Adobe, uh, but <laughs> but I'm just sick and tired of that. I'm just sick and tired of Creative Cloud just popping up, giving me notifications all the time, trying to make me do this and that. I'm like, fuck off! Come on, I just want to do what I want to do. Just stop, stop, stop making me update. Stop make crashing and you know. But this article will actually justify this. On October twenty sixth, uh, twenty nineteen, there's a there's a article from Mashable uh, saying Adobe exposed nearly seven point five million Creative Cloud accounts to the public. That's a lot of money if you think about it. But their Creative Cloud users, uh, a lot of them, um, their um, so their seventy seven point five million accounts including email addresses, the products that they subscribe to, account creation date, subscription and payment status, local time zone, member ID, time of last login, and whether they were an Adobe employee. So that's a lot, a lot of data that could have been breached. And if in the wrong hands, you will get into a lot of phishing scams. Seriously, that can happen. So um, this guy who does cybersecurity or whatever, found it and let Adobe know. And Adobe says, um, we became aware of vulnerability related to work on one of our prototype environments. We promptly shut down the misconfigured environment addressing the vulnerability. So they fixed it, but that happened. So, they also had another major data leak in 2013 when a hacker took 38 million customer usernames, encrypted passwords, and credit card info. So, a lot of fun out there, yeah. All right, let's go to resources. Okay, back to resources. So this is on Smashing Magazine. Smashing magazine. I think I've mentioned Smashing Magazine before. Uh, smashing Magazine is a, a Smashing Magazine. So this this article uh, published on November 8th, 2019. What newspapers can teach us about web design? And the quick summary here, I'll just read that. Before the homepage, there was the front page. From the Gutenberg no not the WordPress piece of shit but the Gutenberg principle we'll talk about that later to grid systems to above the fold newspapers teach us the much teach us much about the foundations of web design cool so this article is I call I put it in the resources because I think it's important it talks a lot about uh, very very basic but important ideas in how to lay things out and what works and why it works and how it's always worked right so like the home page above the fold above the fold means folding a newspaper and seeing the half the top half of the newspaper that is above the fold and that should be enticing it should be attractive The, the main copy should be good enough that you actually want to buy the newspaper right so in this case for web it should be um, scroll, right so yeah above the fold so it talks about that talks about the Gutenberg principle which is the Z pattern so if you if you read and if your language is a left to right language uh, as opposed to right to left of course. Uh, you've heard the term RTL that is right to left languages like I think Arabic is right to right to left. Um, not sure if Japanese Japanese ha- is Japanese is mixed. yeah, like their books and stuff is right to le- left to right to left uh, top to bottom but um, some but I think websites are left to right and modern stuff is I don't know. But yeah, I think Arabic is right to left right I think right? Yeah is it It is isn't it? Sorry for being so stupid and uncultured <laughs> But yeah the Gutenberg principle is if you're if you read from left to right like um, English, for example, then you will go in a Z pattern and that is a good rule of thumb to use not only just on paper but also you know for websites you know so there's a thing called the reading gravity from diagonally going down to um what is it four o'clock direction you know so yeah have a look It, it explains it really well and it also shows you um a right to left language newspaper i don't even know what this arabic it says arabic yes i was right arabic yes all right so that's good (laughs) all right and uh yeah have a look nameplates nameplates are the top part of the newspaper is actually called a header on the websites so that is a nameplate that is a header and it talks about that how that's important and grid systems and content blocks they're all really important so it's it's really worth a read all right it's very it's very helpful and it's worth a read so have a look it's a good resource next let's go to image hues hues as in h u e s not large huge but hues as in color hues right so it's called imagehues.com and what they do here is they have natural i'm reading the main copy natural fresh color palettes from random beautiful images and it's true if you look at the website you can scroll down you'll see and it's an infinite scroll um you'll see colors i mean sorry sorry not colors uh, you'll see images and if you like a certain image it has the color palette in four little dots and it has the hex code on it as well and it copies it if you click it and it's pretty cool so if you like this image you can copy that copy this you can copy num- copy the uh, hex code copy paste it into your stuff and you will have uh, a really nice natural looking uh, color palette so I think it's really cool yeah have a look all right next let's go to oh the most important resource now if you already know this that's good um i just included this because i've been playing around with this for a for a little bit and i really like it and i just wanted to share something really cool so you, you guys know neil patel right neil patel he's that guy who is like the SEO guru SEO guru guru like awesome guy SEO you know and he has a, a web page it's on it's app dot slash n which is English en slash uber suggest so just google Neil Patels uber suggest or um, just go to the go to my page and uh uh, find the link it's right there or if you go to the probably podcast descriptions it'll have the link so this is really cool you can actually enter so it's similar to what um the paid services in sem rush or moz would offer but it's a little toned down than that because it's not like it's free it's actually fucking free so you can go there put in some keywords and see who's who you're competing against, and what ranking rankings you need, and what domain authority you need, and to compete, you know. And it actually breaks down if whether a SEO term is easy to compete with, easy to compete in, or not. And it's it's really good. It's actually a very nice place to start strategizing your SEO uh, strategy. <laughs> Same word, uh, SEO plan, you know, so it's it's interesting. It's really good. And I think it's a very good place to start. Once you get used to this, maybe you can go on to SCM Rush or whatever. But for now, this really helps a lot. So have a look. Okay. All right. So that is it for this uh, episode. Today we talked about uh, getting new clients. All right. So I hope this helped in any way uh and i will see you in the next episode oh yeah of course the next episode would be uh getting providing the getting the feedback because you provided the what is it Fucking, uh, fu- the proof that's right you provided the proof so you're gonna get the feedback all right so we're gonna talk about uh, how to give how to send send off the proof and what kind of feedback you should expect and what kind of feedback you should ask for, you know? So we'll talk about that in the next episode, episode 14. I will think of a really cool title um, and I will see you there, okay? All right, take care, bye-bye.